Hey, welcome to today's Finding Dad podcast. Today's guest is James Strouser, dear friend of mine, brand new eight-month-old twin girls and a two-year-old daughter, and his hands are full, to say the least. I wish I knew what James had figured out already in life about my broken father-son relationship. But James, with brand new kids, has a new set of questions, new set of problems, and a new set of desires. I think you're gonna be able to learn a lot from him. I know I did. Hope you enjoy it. James Strouser, welcome to the Finding Dad experience. Thank you for having me. I'm glad you're here. I'm stoked you're here. Do you remember the first time we met? Um, I don't know if I remember the first time we met, but I do I do know a couple times we've got to be able to talk to each other. When What's the earliest? So I think the earliest memory I have is you were a guest speaker at a winter camp that yep. I was, I think I was like a 15-year-old kid. Mm-hmm. And at that point in time, I think all I knew was like the the legend of Mark Campbell from Jerry Lester. Just, just a, a lot of the legacy that, that you the groundwork that you laid for The Rock yeah, and I guess how influential you were on Jerry's life. Yeah, well, I remember meeting you at that camp. Yeah. And I thought that was the first time. And I remember I said, I want to drive home with this dude. We did. We got to drive we home, got home together. together. Yeah. You were shotgun. And you said you went to Hayward High, but here you are, That's grown right. man. You're 15, but you said you were 15 and you got a full beard, much <laughs> like you have now. Yeah. Full beard. That's I see right. it in the shotgun. Yeah. And I say, I think you're a grown man. How many kids do you have? I think you've just put a wool over Jerry's <laughs> eyes. He thinks you're in high school. What, right. are you, what are you, a mechanic? What do you got, a house in the Bahamas? What happened? Absolutely. You're absolutely. a grown man. Well, that's what happens at Hayward High. Yeah. Some people get slipped through the cracks and they keep going. I'd never, I'm Puberty for me was 23. Like, oh, I yeah? I was the opposite. At Hayward, oh, yeah. gosh. I think I started. I at, still look like a child. I started way too early, I feel like. So at that point, I realized you had a dad story. Yeah. That's when I got to know you. Refresh cool. me. What was that experience? What was that whole thing? Um, well, I mean, at that point in time, when I was 15 years old, I think it was kind of in the thick of it mm-hmm. as far as, you know, my relationship with my dad. I think a lot of things, I mean, I'm 32 now, which is kind of a long time away from when we first met. Sure. But Not that far. Um, 17 years? Yeah, just about. Uh, in that time, uh, my, my dad has since passed. Uh, he's been, he passed away about seven years ago mm-hmm. now. So, um, but my relationship with my father... It was always really difficult, um, always something that was, in a lot of ways, non-existent. A lot of ways, um, it was a relationship that was strained or just full of anger, um, resentment. Um, so, yeah, I guess if I could start, I guess from the beginning, my parents, my mom is Suzanne Sanchez. My dad, his name was David Strasser. They were married for about nine years. They had two kids. My sister was first, then myself. Unfortunately, got divorced. Um, my pa- my family, my parents, uh, their background was they were both addicts, which is kind of why they stayed together for so long because they got along. They were both alcoholics and drug addicts. And while my mom, her story is she got clean and had uh, almost 27 years of sobriety, of course, my dad never really got found his way. Yeah. And I think that because of his addictions, because of his issues with alcohol especially, um, I think that being a father for him was was not something that he necessarily knew how to do mm-hmm. or wanted to do. Or prioritize. prioritize. Yeah. Yeah. So um, as a kid, I would really want my dad to be around. I wanted to have memories and, and, and learn things from my father who decided and chose not to uh, be a part of that. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Is that where the anger came in? Yeah. I think that um, 
just kind of dwelling over things again. Um, at being a kid and coming to school on a Monday and you hear everybody's weekend and you hear uh, all the things that uh, other boys got to do with their dads over the weekend, like um, play ba- baseball or whatever. go fishing or yeah. camping or whatever that might be. Yeah. And and to know that you don't have stories like that to share. Mm-hmm. To know that maybe that particular weekend your dad canceled his visitation for the third or fourth time in a row. Mm-hmm. And uh, just wondering, I guess, why am I not experiencing these things that other kids are experiencing? Yeah. And I think that's kind of where the, the anger started. Mm-hmm. A lot of it, I think, at that time was just sadness mm-hmm. and missing out and longing. But as soon grew to resentment, I think, as I got older. Yeah, older being 10, 20, 15? I would say, um, yeah, I would say between maybe 10 and, and 14. Right in there. So I think like when I met you at 15, I was kind of turning a leaf uh, because of church, because of like some godly men in my life that had come into my yeah. life at the right time. And I was really dealing with the anger that I had built up. But um, a lot of it was just like anger towards me not growing up the same way other kids got mm-hmm, to, mm-hmm. Um, me not having a dad who was who was present for things, um, who chose not to be a part of things. I think mm-hmm, that's what's mm-hmm. always kind of messed with me in my head is. Mm-hmm. Why would you choose something different? Exactly. Am I not worth the choice? Exactly. And I think like I look back on it now, especially having, you know, children of my own. I have my three, you know, beautiful daughters and I see them every day. And I just, how do you choose not to be around your kid's life? Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. And it's not like we turn out to be bad kids either. No, I mean, no. I think we're pretty good kids. Yeah, you were. So it's it's what happens in a man's life where he consistently chooses to be absent. Mm-hmm. That's your question, what happens? Or, yeah, or that- I, I think that's a question that I have that I've always wrestled with. Yeah. You know, opportunities were there. Um, even times where uh, I would have forgiven everything that had happened in the past. Um, but I guess I just I just would always wonder, like, why does my dad choose not to be in my life? Mm-hmm. So we had a friend here yesterday, Jason Wigan. You know Jason? Yeah. And his yeah. boy was here, and he's 10. I think he's 10 years old, right there. And I'm replaying through my finding dad experience what goes on in my life and the, the instrumental moments. And I'm looking at this kid yesterday and I'm going, this this is in my mind, I'm a 60-year-old man in a 10-year-old's frame. Yeah. But I went, the stuff that I lived through and that kind of this for this little beautiful boy, you're not yeah. coming home for that. Yeah. Like what? Yeah. It's like like that's a like what? So how was your dad's dad? Um, your grandpa. So I don't really know my grandfather too well. Um, my grandfather, similar story to my dad is, is that he was divorced from my grandmother. Um, my grandfather lived in an, a, a studio apartment in Alameda from, I think from the day I was born. Cause that's all I remember him being yeah, in yeah. to the day he died. Studio apartment, studio apartment, um, wallpaper what in the street? kitchen. <laughs> it was kind of off of kind of the downtown, like off of Park Avenue. Yep. I think it's, yep. I think it's Santa Clara, but I yep. could be wrong. Right there. Yeah. So he lived um, in this little tucked away uh, studio apartment. Bungalow he had been thing. there forever. Yeah. Um, refused to get any uh, updated anything in the yep. apartment because the price would go up. And I remember visiting him and uh, he'd be very uh, harsh tone, um, smoking cigarettes, drinking Dr. Pepper and eating York peppermint patties. <laughs> But he lived his life alone. And I and, and I, I always recognize that even as a young kid, that he was very isolated mm-hmm. from everybody and everything. Mm-hmm. He claimed he had a back injury, which prevented him from going outside or interacting with anybody. Um, and I remember 
um, talking to my mom about how he might have been um, and how he was like cheating on my grandmother, mm-hmm. which was why they got divorced. Mm-hmm. And I, I never asked my dad to confirm this, but I always wondered. Oh, your grandfather was in the studio. my grandfather, yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. So my grandfather, my dad's dad. Yeah. So he was a guy who lives in the studio apartment. So that's what your dad learned. And it's what my dad learned. So I, I feel like in a lot of ways, I give my dad a little bit of pass, even though I can't confirm it, uh-huh. that his dad was not around in his life right. to be able to maybe yep. teach him what he could have been yeah. in mine mm-hmm. because he was too busy running around. Yeah. So there's this kid. Uh, I go up to juvie every other Sunday night and and do some mental health, um, positive mental attitude work with them. And then we do a little study in the scriptures once a month and once a month we do the mental health and um there's i'll never forget this kid and i'm telling some of my story and this kid's 14 grown man like yourself i mean yeah. i mean he, the kid had a mustache real sweet <laughs> kid right. he's 14 he's yeah. already got a kid wow and he's in for murder oh my goodness and he's the sweetest kid ever of course i mean he's really tender and real sweet real engaged in everything we're doing we've been i've known him now for three months and he says one day he raises his hand real polite mark could it be your dad wasn't raised well and didn't know how to raise you and where have you been my whole life kevin like that's thirty thousand dollars in counseling you just saved smartest guy in the room and so that's wise for you to take that perspective but that's not the perspective you take at 10 12 and 15 no i i'd learn that and even even now i don't know if that's good enough yeah if that's good enough as an excuse of of an excuse for not you're not worth learning you're not worth yeah because i just i i don't know i i think i'm doing pretty damn good as a dad when not having one around yeah and so i just think that I don't know. Yeah. I just I think that also kind of bothers me too. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't have that example either, mm-hmm. and I think that the fact that I didn't made me so afraid of not being a good dad that mm-hmm. I've run right into the fire. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I get I, I give him a pass in a sense. I think that's something I've used to help cope, even though I can't ask him if that's true. Mm-hmm. I can't ask him mm-hmm. his relationship yeah. with his father. I, I can't confirm that information with him, but. Um, I kind of use that to be able to kind of get over some of my own resentments, mm-hmm. but there's also that lingering, like, uh-huh. it's not good enough. Dude. No. Yeah. Yeah. It's not yeah. good enough an excuse. Yeah. When does that show up? When I think about it mm-hmm. and I try not to do it too much. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, a, a big aspect that I wanted to share, um, is that I know that like, there's a lot of people out there that don't have fathers in their lives. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I asked the questions. You don't, you don't get to come in here and do a sermon. I'm, a big I'm, aspect okay, I want to okay. share. You don't come in with a agenda. No, you I'm got kidding. it. You got it. <laughs> Go ahead. But I just, I, I guess like uh, being the age I am now and being in the position of life I am now, I think my, my father not being around in my life defined who I was for a very long time. Defined who you were. Defined who I was and who I wasn't. And uh, defined the struggles that I had. And, and I think that, um, there was a point in my life where I would kind of blame the fact that my dad was around in any sort of character flaws or bad moments. You would leverage that to your benefit yes, when necessary. I think so. Yeah. Um, but now I think I've, I've, I've grown enough to, to be able to let some of that go. And I think I let a lot of that go too when he passed. Mm-hmm. So even though I still have anger, mm-hmm. that's unresolved because I, part of me thinks it's always going to kind of be there. Mm. Um, I do, I, I am, I guess I'm done with the victim, the victim role. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I don't want to be that person yep. anymore. I remember using excuses, not doing my homework with not excuses. Like, um, you know, my dad's a raging alcoholic, but you know, we didn't sleep last night. My dad was up banging on walls, drinking vodka yeah. all night. Yeah. Like homework is not going to happen, you know, and I would use, uh, that 
as an excuse and as a pass. Yeah. And all my teachers knew what was going on in my house. So they kind of gave me a lot of slack, which was not ultimately good for me. Yeah. You know, it didn't, it allowed me to play the victim role, you know, and then you start to resent dad. Yeah, absolutely. And then, um, then what do you do after that? Resentment doesn't work. Yeah. You know, you're left with no tools. Absolutely. Yeah. So how's the anger come out? Um, I mean, uh, I don't know. I, I guess silently, quietly, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. kind of to myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't consider, consider myself a violent person no. at all, but um, there was moments where I want to like, yeah. you know, punch things or mm-hmm. uh, like, like people, but it's like yeah. objects, of yeah. course, like yeah. a wall yeah. or um, I've been told to punch a pillow because it gives. Who told you that? Uh, another another uh, good man in my life. Okay. That kind of was a mentor. Punch a pillow. Well, I punched a cement wall once. Oh, that's good. Oh, yeah. Uh, so he told you to do Fifth grade. Okay. Broke my hand. So you were punching stuff. I was punching stuff. Broke your hand. Broke my hand. So you're angry. So yeah. Here's the thing. I've never seen you not funny. Well, that's, I think that's something that I, I, uh, I try to stay in that lane mm-hmm. more than the anger part. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd rather just kind of be angry by myself, get over it. Uh-huh. And then try to just be light. And- so do you think, is it possible? Because I've discovered that we all adopt survival tools. Yeah to get us through, I'm going to call it trauma and Absolutely. the anger and the loss of dad and like Monday morning, what happened? What am I not worth the, a catch in the street? Yeah. Like what, what? Uh, we adopt these survival skills and I lent myself towards providing, working, busy, uh, a rainmaker. You're going to like me because I'm going to perform for you. Yeah. And then I went to comedy. You know, Absolutely. if I can take, I can't seize the room academically. Yeah. Because I'm not doing my homework. Ever, (laughs) and and, but I can seize it um, through humor, and it became that was affirmation that I wanted from my dad. I got from the room. Yeah, is that? Do you think any of your comedy or attitude or anything is like a switch you put on to help you pass that hurt and anger? Absolutely, and I think that is something that I adopted uh, young, um, because like life was pretty tough, not just with my dad, but also stuff with my mom too. And there was a lot of like, you know, it's bad times. Mm-hmm. You know, you just talked about your life and growing up too. There's a lot of difficult moments. And, mm-hmm. I, and I found myself trying to be the one who lets out the air in the room mm-hmm. by saying a joke yep. or saying something dumb. Yeah, get the pressure off. Or making a silly face. Yeah. And, and I noticed that that got a good reaction. And similar to you, I, uh, it's, it's a way of getting affirmation, um, attention, um, being liked, that a boy ha- having having a, a place in the group. Yep, um, that I didn't really have. Glad you're dad. here. Glad you're here. Come back. Yeah, and I think that I struggle too even today with um, with abandonment. Uh, my dad not being around in my life, me questioning things. Why my dad wouldn't want to be in my life? I, I do feel like I'm expendable sometimes. And that's mm-hmm. something that I, you know, like mentally work through. But mm-hmm. um, I feel like uh, everybody is is just uh, I don't know waiting to hear or waiting for me to do something wrong or if I don't say the right joke, yep. if I don't say the right sentence, um, people are going to ba- bounce on my life. And so I'm always in this ba- this like limbo of... This tension. Yeah, just like uh, I don't want people to leave, so I'm going to keep performing. That joke has to be better than the next joke. Exactly. And yeah. if, I don't have, if I don't have the room, if I don't have um, people saying I'm the funny guy, then I don't have much of anything. They don't want you back. Yeah, so 
um, relationships have been really tough because of that too. Mm-hmm. Like building relationships with people because it feels like, uh, like it's only, it's only going to last as long as I'm able to keep them around. Yeah. And there's yeah. always going to be somebody else who could be funnier or cooler yep. or whatever mm-hmm. that they're going to like throw me to the wayside for, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know? As a man, husband is providing money, earning work its way into like, I want my kids and I want my wife to appreciate who I am. Yeah. I think there's like a, a, a aspect of wanting to be respected by my wife um, and be seen as a providing man. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I try really hard to work hard yeah. as well as be present and be a great partner. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think my wife is a great partner to me. And um, I think more so than like having the financial aspect down, like I'm not like the richest man in the world. Um, I don't have the greatest job in the world. Uh, but I think that uh, just being a good partner for her, I think that's something that I hope that she knows and that I mm-hmm. try to be. Well, surprise, she's our next guest. We didn't want to tell oh, you Oh, she on. in the back. So we'll find out from her how you're doing. Okay. That's all right. <laughs> Terrible. He's doing really bad. <laughs> he could be better. <laughs> no. Oh, my gosh. Hey, thanks for your honesty, bro. I mean, you yeah. took us to a spot where um, I think we all, all of us who struggle with relationships with dad, yeah. find ourselves and you put great words on it. Mine came through similar to you, way similar to you is shame was a, a big part of mine where I don't yeah. pick that up from you, but the anger and you processed at a young age, what, what happened? Am I not worth this? Yeah. I processed much later. I stayed in a, in a, in a state of hopefulness that this is going to turn around because my dad was home. And how long has your dad, was your dad in your life as an adult? Uh, all the way until four years ago. Oh, wow. He just passed four years ago. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. And it was always a struggle. Yeah. And always Monday morning for mm. 50 years. Man. Yeah. And so in various forms. He saw my kids twice in his life. Lived three <sighs> hours away. Oh, my goodness. You know, so it's like a constant. Now, now my kids aren't good enough for you either. So that was a whole nother level of Man. anger. Yeah. You know, and disappointment and like tripping. Yeah. What? You know, and so that's a different story. Uh, your story is like, it sounds like you've really done a lot of good work and self-discovery and you're aware and you've chosen to give him the grace and the slack, um, though that's still not good enough. But that's a real yeah. big boy step. Where'd you get that? Um, I credit my mom a lot for for how I handled a lot of things with my dad. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that would, when divorce happens for parents, sometimes... Uh, parents can bash each other because of the hurt yep. that they have. Yep. My mom tried really hard to to not do that, mm-hmm. and especially um, with my dad's and his addictions. My mom's clean and sober, um, really trying to to help us have some sort of relationship with our dad, mm-hmm. even though it was very difficult to mm-hmm. have. And uh, and when he died, my dad my dad had a massive heart attack, and uh, I, the day was was significant because I had an interview with a new job, possibly a new career. I'm dressed in the nines. I got my tie on right. And I'm about to go to my interview. I get a phone call from my dad's girlfriend. And she's crying. Your dad had a massive heart attack. He's in a coma. He's at the hospital. I need you to come down here. And I hadn't talked to my dad in months at that point. And it's not out of the realm of possibility. This is the kind of person my dad is. That he would fake something like that in order to get attention <laughs> for us to call him. I mean, it's... It's not out of the realm. And so what I did is I called Alameda police. I said, hey, I need to ask this question. Did somebody call the ambulance at this address? 
because my dad said he had a heart attack, but I don't believe it. And they go, oh, no, he had a massive heart attack and he's in the hospital. So he wasn't lying. <laughs> I thought he was. The work we got to do. I know. I know. So even, even hearing that news, it was like, yeah, dad's trying to pull, yeah, 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 yeah. pull the rug out of me and making me call. Oh, I feel it, man. I feel it. So I, uh, I go down there and he's, he's in a coma. And so I never really got a chance to, I mean, I guess, I guess in my mind, you play that, that day mm -hmm. in your mind mm -hmm. as a son, when my dad dies, what will that be like? Yeah. What kind of relief will I get? Yeah. Right. Like he's got to be sitting on an apology. He's something's got to be there. something, right? I mean, give me a cookie, man. Give me a cookie. Something, yeah. you know, and he's, he's in a coma and he can't hear me. Probably he can't, he's on life support. And my mom said, make sure that when he goes, that he takes all your anger and resentment with him. So you tell him what you need to tell him. Wow. That's a smart woman. Very smart woman. And, uh, and I tried to make peace with him that day. Really? And my wife, who at the time was my girlfriend, we just started dating. Um, she had never met my dad. And uh, even in that moment, they were making jokes and laughing. You and her? Yeah. So I said, you'll never meet my dad. You'll never know what he sounds like, but you have to know what his feet look like because the rest of us do. <laughs> and I pulled the blanket to reveal these. My dad had some pretty ugly feet. Gnarly feet. Gnarly feet. And that's something we laughed about. But it's like, that's the sickness, right? Like, you got to break make, the tension. Trying in the to room. break the tension in the room. Trying yep. to make people yep. laugh in the room, even yep. when there's a man who's yep. Gonna, uh, he's, he's basically almost dead. Yeah. But um, yeah, that day I tried to make peace with my dad, and I think that's where a lot of it comes from. Is is I don't want to live in that hospital room anymore. Mm -hmm. um, before he passed, before I was able to say what I said, I, I don't want to live in that space where I'm mad, mm -hmm. where um, I'm blaming a lot of things on him because I can't I can't stay stuck at that age, at that moment anymore. No. And I have a lot of things going on, you know, a lot of great things happening for me mm -hmm. where I can't dwell on what wasn't there because yeah. what wasn't there, I had an abundance from other people. My mother being a huge part of that. Um, godly men in my life like Jerry Lester, yep. who even to this day continues to be uh, a source of, of leadership, yep. a, a source of, of wisdom, tenderness, wisdom. Yep. Uh, things that I never really got to have in my own father. Yeah. Um, other men too, along the way, I mean, I can name a, a lot of different ones who in pivotal moments in my life changed the course that I was going on. Mm -hmm. So I'm very lucky. Name a couple of them. Um, I had a math teacher, Mr. Bell, uh, who saw in me something I didn't see in myself at, in seventh grade at 14, 13 years old, um, that I was more than just a funny kid in class who was goofing off and making everybody else not pay attention. My fifth grade teacher. Yeah. Trippy. Trippy, man. Trippy. And he, he made me stay after school every, every day to, to kind of be tutored, but he used those moments, those hours. Mm -hmm. To tell you how you were. To, to pour into me. To, and, and to remind you who you were, yeah. what you had. Yeah. Name another one. Um, uh, Steve Castaneda. Yep. You know the Castaneda yep. family. Great, great man. Great man. And, and an example of a loving father. Mm-hmm that I never got to see. Mm -hmm. How do you love your wife well? How do you love your kids well? How do you, how do you be the funny guy and also maintain everything mm -hmm. and work your ass mm -hmm. off? Mm -hmm. And that was Steve Castaneda. Mm -hmm. And he continues to be that um, for me today. Um, a small uh, person in my life, my mom's ex-boyfriend, this guy, Kevin Griggs, 14 years old, talking to me like, like a man, the first man. It's because you had a full beard. Well, that's probably why. But the first man who actually talked to me 
as as a young man yeah. who told me these decisions you make now will, will affect how life will be yeah. for you. So figure it out. And so challenge you. Yeah. No, no other man was able really to do that for me. Um, yeah, just mentors like that. I think that's the key for us. The key is um, us fatherless yeah. um, men is we need the examples and, and, and it's up to us to go find them and have eyes to see them because yeah. they're all around us. And I think there's also, uh, you need to be willing to allow that in. To allow that in. Because there's a lot of years humility. where I was like, that's somebody else's dad. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take that away from somebody else mm-hmm. and I don't want to do that because mm-hmm. my dad should be that. Yeah. But it's just me getting in the way mm-hmm. of something that's good for me. Mm-hmm. A blessing. A blessing. Absolutely. Yep. And we need the wisdom and the sages and the and the guidance. We need we all do. I'm Absolutely. looking, I'm a grandfather now, first time four months ago. Congratulations. I'm looking for a granddad that I can now learn from and and teach me yeah. and model this. What am I what's my role supposed to be? Yeah. How am I supposed to, you know, lean in and not lean in? And I didn't know my grandparents. I, yeah. You know, I I'm driving blind again. Here I am again, trying to figure it out. Yeah. We need mentorship. Absolutely. Yeah. And to be mentors. Yes. And I think that you're doing a great job of that too. Well, I'll take that. If I could say that. You can say anything you want. Now that you can, <laughs> you're so going to talk about me, you can take it away now. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Uh, I'm really proud of you, man. Thank you, Mark. I'm, I'm really proud of you. You are a great dad. Thank you. Clearly a great son. Yeah. I mean, to give your dad that kind of a pass and to look through that prism of wisdom. And God bless your mom. Yeah. So you told your dad everything. I just uh, quietly told him just what I wish he was. Oh, wow. And accepting who he is. You said that. Mm -hmm. How'd that feel? I mean, thinking about it now, it it felt felt a couple different things. I don't know if it felt good. I don't know if it felt like a release. Yeah. Um, Closure? It felt hard. Uh, I want to say it was closure. Yeah. But I, I, I also think that even though words are spoken out, it doesn't necessarily make the hurt go away. Right, right. Um, but I, like I said, I, I, I have to believe that I had to move on from that moment, mm-hmm. that there was some sort of closure for those words that I was speaking. And I know we talked about like last words. I don't remember what my dad said to me last. Yeah. Um, but I do know the words that I was able to share with him. And I think that it's almost a gift mm-hmm. that I was able to do it that for way. For sure. You know? For sure. Because I, I, I don't have to play the game now of what my dad said or didn't say. Right. And his final hour. It's another thing he doesn't have me captive in. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Any tears? Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Good for you. Um, there or later? Both. Okay. And even before. Okay. You know, I, I, I think that as, as much anger as I had from my father, I still wanted him around. Mm-hmm. And I think that... Um, you know, I, I was always ready to, to, to let him in. Yeah, always. And I was always looking for moments, um, for pivotal moments that could open that door and they just, they just didn't happen. I think that's almost harder. It, it is extremely hard. Yeah, because you're always hopeful and you're yeah. looking around every corner and every opportunity and every, you know, it's like he's right there. There's a power. And you have to protect yourself. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of like understanding that I, I have to know that the expectation here is, it has to be zero mm-hmm. because he's proven to not take mm-hmm. these invitations, mm-hmm. uh, even as a young kid. He mm-hmm. just didn't want to be around. So you can't give uh, another invitation expecting him to, to answer to it because mm-hmm. he probably He's won't. just not, yeah. And that's just that was just his lot. That was just what he wanted to do. Wow. Your sister, how's she? She is good. I mean, um, 
I think we both are affected by my dad in different ways. Yeah. And, you have and each also other. similar ways, but we have each other. Yeah. And that's something, my mom passed away this, this past March. Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you. Um, it's been a really challenging year. Yeah. Uh, she passed away of cancer. Oh, wow. Really fast. And so even that, you know, we've been dealing with, uh, with my mom being gone and a little bit too, like my dad also being passed for a couple of years now. And, um, but we've just shared with each other, you know, like we have each other. Yep. And if anything, we were left, um, we have a great relationship with each other. That's also something that kind of was, was brought out because my dad not being around, I learned how to be a protector of her, of her. Yeah. And I think I'm able to do that now with, with my wife, with mm -hmm. my kids, mm -hmm. with my family now. Um, but I learned that because I feel like my sister needed somebody to have mm -hmm. her back, mm -hmm. even though I'm a little brother. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I think that I don't think that you can replace relationship like father, son, also father, daughter. No, no. And so I think my sister has her own journey that she's been on. Yeah. Is she married? Yes. Okay. Yes. Married two kids. Okay. You yeah. got this growing family, man. I know. We're very blessed, man. You are blessed. So, I mean, we could have been two screw-ups, man. Yeah. Because I know a lot of people have similar stories mm -hmm. and not the same, not the same blessings. Not man. the same outcome. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, uh, did you, are you a sports guy? Yeah. Did you see that little baseball guy? I think he played for the Phillies and he was seven years in the minors and then he gets called up to the majors and hits a, a home run first at bat in the majors. It's, was, his, was his dad in the crowd yeah. and his dad was crying? You, yeah. Yeah. I remember that story. You remember that? Yeah. Did you see that? Yeah. What'd that do to you? Um, I can't say that stuff like that doesn't make me emotional. Dude. Like just anything f f like father, son, it, it always, it always touches me. But, but I think it touches everybody, but it, it's it pisses me off a little bit. Does, why does it piss you off? It it's like, like, where was my guy? Yeah. You know, seven years, this dude is floundering on buses going town to town. Yeah. Gets to the majors, pops a homer, and his dad can't collect himself. His, his dad's right there. His dad's there. Dude. Probably there the whole time. Dude. And it doesn't make me angry. There's a sense of envy oh, and I, loss yeah. and loss. Absolutely. And loss. You know, and it's, and it, so it hits me extra. I think that I'm very much a movie guy. I love movies. I love TV shows. And so anything father, son related. Yeah. Where it's like tender yeah. and sweet or yeah. a character arc. I always have a soft, soft spot for that. Sure. So my my first instinct is that's how it that's how it should be. That's how it should be. That's how it should be. That's duh. Yeah. That's what you do. Yeah. That's how dads are. That's how dads are. Um. And I, and I hopefully hopefully I could be that one day. See, and I'm thinking, what's the kid thinking? I, yeah, I you bet know what I'm saying? Doesn't even realize. I bet there's a lot of kids out there that don't understand the weight of that kind of support. Ah, it's just <sighs> dad being embarrassing. I don't it's know. Let's, let's fantasize me. for a little bit here. What do you think? He's rounding third. He don't look up and, and lock eyes with dad. I think he does, but I, I, I pardon me, pardon it's me. It's just so part like, of his DNA. Just like, duh, all this always Dad's happens. always here. Always crying. Because it's not like, I bet dad's always at every yeah. game. Yeah. Has been at every game. Yeah. So I, I bet there's maybe like a, thanks dad for yeah. being here, but not like a, yeah, that's my dad. Mm -hmm. That's my dad. As, as he's probably like, that's my son. Yep. You know? Who is the guy from the Heat? Dwayne? No, uh, he just got into the Hall of Fame. Um, oh, uh, from the movie The Heat? No, the the basketball. Oh, uh, 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 Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade. And you see his dad? No, I I, I didn't see his dad. So he, during this Hall of Fame ceremony, he brings his dad up. Oh, and man. he just says, we, I just wouldn't have played basketball without you, in your example. Wow. And um, this is because of you. Mm. 
Love it, man. It's just like, wow. Yeah. I would, uh, yeah. I think that but me, like people like me and you, we have to, we have to have the opposite, right? Like I think one day there'll be a day where my kids will tell me how I did as a father. And I have to, I have to hope that their words will be tender and their words will be um, beautiful because mine's weren't for my dad. And that's why, that's what I hope for. You hope for Yeah. Yeah. The new dream. The new dream. Yeah. I've learned that we have to be careful with that because our dreams aren't their dreams. Totally. You know, and so it's like, I'm, I'm just learning that other side of after, you know, my kids 30 and 28. Yeah. My two kids. And I kind of became the dad I wish I had in my vision of what a dad should be. Yeah. Versus what kind of dad do they need? These little humans. And I kind of just went straight opposite of what I experienced. Yeah. And I, that has some bite marks. You know, that has some stuff. When do you think that came out? Like what year for, your, like, so I could prepare. What year for your kids did you start noticing maybe maybe you had some things that weren't correct that you were choosing to do as a dad? Um, I think I wanted to say a funny. Yeah. Cause that's what I was, you know, just to ease over the, the thing, but I held myself. It's called self-control, James. You need to understand that. Oh, no. Okay. I, better, I, just, I, I thought I'd keep quick. the tension in the room and not try to make it softer. Oh, man, yeah. I, 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 and as, a, as somebody that worked with a lot of high school kids for 15 years, adolescence... I expected what was coming, independence yeah. And, yeah. and all that. I didn't wasn't expecting how painful it was when when it's a natural thing for kids to start distancing themselves. Oh yeah. And I thought that would never happen. Cause I wanted my dad in my life every day of my life. Totally. And so that was a little jarring. Like, whoa. Yeah. And I told myself it was normal. And it probably is but it don't feel normal. And so yeah. I kind of, I could, would have played that a little differently for sure. Yeah. You know, and then young adulthood, you know, when they start actually flying, you prepare them to fly, but now they start flying. Mm. And it's like, wait a minute, you, you can't fly. <laughs> you need me. Hold on a second. No, wait a minute, you don't need me. Oh, so it's like, it's really, I think it's normal and natural. Yeah. But it is weightier it's heavier this wasn't part of the dream yeah this we grow old together like you never leave I, you know i begged for a family my entire life and now we have one and you want to start your own do you not know where i've come from <laughs> no i i that's such a good word man like yeah so you have to hold it plan dream hold it loosely yeah love that's a good word love and um there's love and letting it fly and, and so now what role do we play? And I think that without getting, you know, wooey or religious or whatever, I think that's where we listen to the voice of the father. Yeah. Hey, what do we do? How, how do we proceed in this arena? How do I behave and what's my role in this season? And now as a grandfather, what's my role? What's my behavior? Yeah. What's my act, action activity? How do I adjust my life to be in the stands? Totally. You know, oof, yeah, being stands, baby, yeah, yeah. And I hate baseball. Yeah, baseball's pretty boring. Well, it's catch. 
Yeah. <laughs> we didn't get a chance to do that much. No, no, no. But the, I mean, I hate, I hate youth baseball because it's so long. Yeah. No, I And you're in the, it's joke. spring and it's in the rain and, and the whole thing. The whole thing. And the kid does nothing but two movements the whole three hour game. Yeah. And so my prayer for Elias when he was born and my daughter is that they would resent baseball. <laughs> and so yeah. now I'm, I'm, I'm praying that for Rosemary that she's just going to be not into baseball. Yeah. I'm all my baseball people. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's Baseball's a great game. Great. It's chess. It's it's America's pastime, it's but America's, America's moved on. Yeah. There's no more pastime. I have no time to pass. That's right. I need something to happen. <laughs> That's right. My last baseball game was a no-hitter. Really? How yeah. long ago was that? Nolan Ryan, uh, I think, played for Dallas or Texas, Texas yeah. Rangers. Yeah. And it was in the Oakland Coliseum, and literally nothing happened. And everybody was going nuts, like this is the best thing in the whole world. And nobody hit the ball. Wow. I'm like, well, I'm sitting on the third deck. I can't see a pitch. This is supposed <laughs> yeah. to be amazing. I know. He's playing catch with the catcher for nine innings. It falls on me. I went, I'm out. I'm tapped out. That's my last baseball game. What innings you leave in? I stayed the whole thing. Wow. Yep, the whole thing. Probably because I was understanding. I'm watching history here. Yeah. And so it went down history. in history. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> history. Okay. <laughs> anyway, now that we've dismantled baseball, I know that's what we're really here for. No, no, just <laughs> 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 just look at the sport of baseball. <laughs> it's oh, a man. smart game. It is. People who play it are are very af- athletic, smart. Dedicated to the craft. Smart. Like, Doesn't mean it's not a dumb game. It's chess. It's chess. Yeah. Chess. It's a good game. It's a good game. Uh, James, closing thoughts. What do, what questions do you have as a dad? Twin girls. Twin girls. Brand new. Brand new twin girls. And a two-year-old girl? Yeah, my daughter's two. And a wife, lovely. The future's ahead. What kind of things are going through your head now as a, as a young dad? Well, I think that I think that you touched on something I, I haven't really given a lot of thought, and that's that's creating myself uh, or the expectations of what I think a dad should be, and projecting that on my kids mm-hmm. as if that's exactly what they need because mm-hmm. that's what I wanted. Mm-hmm. And there's a great word because mm-hmm. I I'm kind of going off of nothing. Yeah, we're driving blind is what I call driving it. blind, baby. Yep. So Braille. I that's uh, something to, to, that's good to remember because I don't want to be. I don't know. I don't want to be overbearing. I don't want to be too much. At the bare minimum, I just want to love my kids. Mm-hmm. I want them to always know. If there's anything that they could know for sure is that dad loved us. Because the opposite is, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know my dad. Mm-hmm. Dad loved us. Dad knows us. Um, but I think that there's like day-to-day situations in life, being a husband, being a father of little ones. Um, and there's just I just wished I had a man who had been there that I could be like, hey, yo, pops. That's what I, I, I just wish I had the, the yeah. just the back and forth. I think there's nothing more than what you just said. To love them and be present. Yeah. And, 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 and in love, we have eyes to see. And we start to pick up what they need because we love them and we're there. Yeah. With those two things, I, and what I'm seeing at 60, what I've seen, some things go south and some things go well in yeah. all kinds of families. It's the guys that are there and, and, and the love is, it's, that's the day-to-day. Yeah. There is no day-to-day. I want to love you and be present. Absolutely. And, and every, the world's taking us, the world, the culture, the speed is taking us out of being present. Yeah. That's an assault. I mean, 
the world just doesn't, the culture, it's not not like the world, like we're hiding from the world. It's just the pace of culture where can't, it's hard to be present. Yeah. And then what's love look like? You know, that's the day to day, you know, hard conversations, nurturing, when to be empathetic, when to challenge, when to let the kid jump out the window on the 12 foot deal. You know, what's love? Yeah. I want what's best for you. We had a great statement on one of the podcasts we just did where the guy said, my my dad gave me enough rope to trip on, but not to hang myself on. Ooh, I love that. Come on. That's great. What's wrong with that? Nothing. So let him learn. You know, I over-sheltered, over-protected. I didn't want him to learn the hard way because I had to learn everything the hard way. Yeah. And I think there's a real gift in letting our kids learn the hard way. Some things. Some things, yeah. And not danger, putting yeah, them in danger, no, totally. but figure some stuff out. We don't have to figure everything out. Because I so wanted my dad to tell me what to do, help be there, figure it out with me, walk with me, help me. Yeah. That I did that for them versus here's some things to think about. Yeah. I'm sure you're going to figure it out. Yeah. And I'm here if you can't, mm. you know, and that's that rope. And totally. I didn't give him rope because I, I loved him. Yeah. And just wanted to be there all the time. So I don't know if that helps or whatever, but that's what I'm learning. That's great. I think, you know, like you said, like you're looking for a a grandfather to bounce some ideas off of. I'm always looking for, not always looking, but I welcome advice from other fathers. Mm -hmm. I welcome um, direction. Well, that's because who you are today. You've always been a learner. Yeah. From 15 years old, shotgun on the beard. Just got to pull that wisdom from You're somewhere. asking me questions all, I don't know if you remember that, all the way home. Well, You're I asking. Like, I just feel like uh, that weekend was very, it was a big weekend for me. Mm-hmm. And it was the way back down, not the way up. Yeah. And uh, and and I just think that a lot of things that you said stuck in my brain. And, and I guess I was, I was, I was wondering how a guy like you, who had a similar story like me, is where you are. Mm-hmm. Without being, yeah, just uh, you know, yeah, the other way, and I was so curious of that because I I thought that's thought there's no way out of this, right? You know, if you get out, if you it's, do. It's repetitive. It's they we do what we've seen, we do and repeat what we've learned. Yeah, and I call it breaking generational patterns. And breaking the chain is one thing. You've broken the chain. Yeah, building the chain is another. A lot of guys just stop with breaking the chain. At least I'm not like my dad. Yeah. And I did that wrongly for like 15 years. As hard as it is, it's way better than what I had. Yeah. Versus, okay, we're going to really get strategic and lay out some things for the family as we build this new legacy together. I thought I had to build a legacy for me. Mm. And it that's back to isolation and back to not present. Yeah. This is the way I think we should go because I wasn't raised versus family. I think this is strong. This yeah. is mature. How do you think we should navigate this? What's wrong with asking for their input? Everything. <laughs> Come on, man. I think I think it's just stubbornness. Stubborn. I'm stubborn. I'll figure it out because we drive blind our whole life. Yeah. We've been raising ourselves. You can't let anybody know that you don't know what you're doing. No, dude, it's weak, weak sauce. It's weak sauce, man. But that's the key. You know, my father-in-law is a financial advisor. Very good brain for mm-hmm. the finances. Yeah. And I and I have been meaning to talk to him for eight years. <laughs> but I can't do it because I don't want him to know that I don't know stuff about finances. Yeah. Even though he totally knows. He knows. But I married his daughter. Yeah. 
And there's a part of me that's just stubborn. I just yeah. don't want to learn from them. Mm -hmm. You know, I probably learn a lot of good stuff. Why want, why don't you? Cause I'm, I'm in my own way, man. Cause I'm too worried about what he thinks about me. Even though I know he loves me. Yeah. I know he loves me. Yeah. Good, good father-in-law. Good father-in-law. Great man. Great, great father. Great What's dad. Tim Rich. Tim Rich. I don't know. Tim. So. He's a good guy. But I got to make that jump. I just, I'm worried about the judgment. I'm worried about him going, oh, he's know this about that. This guy sucks. Replaceable. So, so you're ready to be reminded of what you're not. I guess so. I want to be. I guess. You want to be reminded of what you're not? Oh, I, I guess I want to. I guess that when you go through stuff like that, you kind of are reminded of what you're not. All the time. And I think that the fear should not keep you from from doing things like that, right. from from having to work through things. Yeah. There's a great quote in the Alchemist, book Alchemist, says that the only thing that keeps a man from living his dream is the fear of failure. That's the only thing. And so you've dreamt of having financial security for your wife and kids. Yeah. And so your fear is holding you back in that situation. Yeah. Right? Well, I, I think there's some of it too of I don't want to seem like less of a man mm -hmm. than that man. Yep. Who's my father-in-law. Yep. Because again, I'm playing the part sometimes mm -hmm. I feel like. Mm -hmm. This whole manhood thing, this whole... You're playing. I feel like I'm just kind of like flying blind. Mm -hmm. And I don't and I don't want anybody to know that I am. Yeah. Even though yeah. it's not a secret that my dad yeah. wasn't around. You know what the worst thing? You, I, you could have been at Hayward High in 1980. What? The worst thing. A wannabe. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> still bad. I think it's still bad now. That's the worst. Yeah. That was the worst. You know, and I was like, like there was not a, lot of, not a lot of white people there, and I wanted to be Mexican. Yeah. I mean, the, the Mexican oh, guys, man. come on, man, with the, the whole th creased jeans and the whole, the whole thing was happening. The whole happening. look was good. was good. And, um, and I tried to play that wannabe for a short time. And then I find myself in marriage, the wannabe, pretending yeah. to be this thing that I think is right and good for people, but it's not really authentic. And so I'm going to challenge you because you're my friend. Yeah. And you tell Tim, I met this old white dude, 60, old man, known him for a while. And he says, I need to ask you some things on finance. Yeah. Just tell him that. Blame me. Well, I'll tell him. Tell him. I'm challenging you. I'm going to call I'm you next not. week and see if you call Tim. I'm serious. Jeez. I'm going to say, you're going to say, Mark said that I needed to ask you some things on finances. Yeah. Uh, for the sake of your kids. Yeah. And um, what can you what can you show me? That's it. And you, you know what's going to happen? Probably a lot of good stuff. No. Probably? I think so. I think it'll be good. You know what he's going to say? Yes. No. What took you so long? <laughs> that's what he's going to say. He'll have so much yeah. respect for you because he knows that's a strong move. That's strong sauce. Yeah. That's like, what? He's going to call his wife the moment he's done talking to you. The moment. Yeah. The day came. Man. I'm serious. I, I bet I bet it is. I just, I'm, now, I'm, now I'm a little terrified. Probably shouldn't have shared that. Why? I don't know. I don't know. Don't you want to be the best version of you? Yes, I do. Don't you I, think that'll help? I think so, but I've been avoiding it for eight years, Mark. It's, it's frightening. <laughs> it's frightening, and it really is. I because I I uh, I don't think I'm good enough for his daughter. Sometimes, you know, 
I do and I don't. I know, and, and I and I and I don't want him to know things about me that would make him think that I'm not good enough for his daughter. Like your finances. Like my finances. Not that I have any crazy. No. Whatever. Yeah. But I think would that, your wife be comfortable with that? Yeah, I think so. We've talked about it. She's like, you gotta talk to my dad. I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. I gave you a week. I'm giving you three days now. Because <laughs> the wife already says hey, you should talk yeah, to my dad. Yeah, my wife. Because we'll, you know, she is. Uh, I'm saving you from a conversation in 20 years. You should have talked to my dad. I know. I'm saving your ass right here. But don't you feel like there's like as a man, there's like finances are tough to talk about with your wife. I think everything's tough to talk about with your wife. Kind of tough. That's just one of them. Dinner is tough to talk about sometimes. Come on. Yeah, that's true. So I think that there's such a gift here, and I'm being sincere, and I'm passing on to you some things I've did in my life that I regret. That being one of them is not having hard conversations with men who love me. Yeah. Being fearful because that's what we learned. Fear. I'm I'm not going to measure up to his expectation of a son-in-law. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So absolutely. the vision is in a decade from now, you taking them out to a nice um, vacation and splitting the bill because of the help this man's going to give you. Yeah. Footing the bill, not splitting it. Let me take you I guys to Hawaii. That would be nice, yeah. 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 Thank you for your, for your um, look at what happened. And that ghost and that monster is now gone. There's no, you talked about taking the pressure out of the room. Yeah. Once you say that, there's that's over. The fear is the monster in the room. Yeah. Just punch that monster in the face and ask that dude. Yeah, you're right. And say that Mark wants to learn from you, James. So I'm going to call James and say, what's Tim saying? <laughs> because <laughs> I need some cheddar, man. I need some oh, sound. Man. I don't have that dude. But you know the stocks? Get some stocks, Mark. That's what he told me. That's that's what he told you? No, it's probably what he's gonna tell Well, no. There's probably part of that. There's he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna set you up. Yeah. It's gonna be the why do you have to do everything? I I just I feel like I'm I'm in the state of proving my worth as a man sometimes. Like, and that's probably trying to the approval of my father, right? Yeah. The the approval that I'll never know if I had, probably didn't have. Yeah. But I'm shouldering this, this trying to to make people believe that I got it all together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's hard to let that guard down. Sure. Show that I'm All not. the time it's hard. Yeah. I'm telling you, man. But I think it's the most powerful thing we can do. And that's the shame. You haven't even mentioned shame. I haven't. I mean, you said it. I was like, well, yep, that's, that checks out too. That's in my life. A, the, the main tap root of a tree of my life is shame because I was ashamed of my family's Income, their status, my oh, yeah. dad, the whole thing. Shamed of my weekend when I go to school on Monday. I'm ashamed of yeah. not being able to do my homework. I'm ashamed. Like shame is the deal. So I get it. Yeah. But the remedy for shame is to own it and punch it. Like do something scary. Yeah. Bad behavior is guilt. So you don't have guilt. You haven't had bad behavior. Shame is identity. What are you ashamed of? Your money has nothing to do with your identity. Yeah. There's no shame. And you haven't done anything wrong financially. You're not coming with like gambling debt. No, no, no. Yeah. So I just don't know. Who told you you had to know everything? Especially something that complicated. Nobody. Yeah, it is pretty complicated. When you take it apart like that, like a musical note, what are we afraid of? Well, I think it's like a, I don't know, like, like there's ever like I didn't know sports a lot. I had to learn sports. You guys talk about sports, yeah. sit around, talk about stats. 
players' names, yeah. all that jazz. And to not seem like you're out of the circle, you act like you know. Right. I remember one time they were talking, buddies were talking about cars. One guy says a part on a vehicle that doesn't exist. <laughs> and I, he goes, you ever heard of that part? I go, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, my dad struggled with that, you know, blah, blah, blah. He goes, that part doesn't exist, man. You don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> and totally calls me out, man. And I think that sometimes it's like, uh, it's, it's that whole thing, you know, yeah. of like, want people to think that I know, don't want to be yep. discovered that I don't. Mm-hmm. I get you. Rather, rather, I feel you. Rather live in that space than yeah. ask a question. And that's just yeah. me being. Yeah. Where you want, you, you'd like to own a home someday. I would love to own a home someday. So you, Tim, I'd love to own a home someday. I'd love to have you help me get there. Beautiful question. Not, I don't know nothing about finances. I don't know Dad. nothing about nothing. Yeah, dude, I'm a real loser. How's a debit card work? Yeah. Uh, hey, I'd like to own a home someday <laughs> Yeah. to raise your grandchildren in. Can you help me get there? I love the point that you made about uh, about families not, our family's not decided on just what I think and what I'm doing, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. collective. Yeah, that's good that's, leadership. I think that's great. That's, that's great. Real, it's not barbarianism, you know? Well, I think there's an idea that the that the father and the and the family is the head, uh-huh. which I know that yeah, that's it's, true. It, but it's equal. But it's yeah, totally. And equal. that's the part. It's like a, mm-hmm. it's a good reminder. Mm-hmm. Partners, not uh, we're, we're allies, not enemies. Yeah, I don't have to impress you. That's a, that's a hard one to get over. Is impressing the wife. I think oh, we got to yeah. impress her. Yeah. And they're smarter than us. That's what's so, so spooky. So spooky. Wise. Yeah, we're so reactive. I know. You know. They're still there. Yeah. And so we have this great cabinet of, of wisdom that we don't access often. Yeah. Because we're strong men and we're driving blind. Yeah. I think strength is like, you know, what do you think? Here's what I'm thinking. Am I missing something? You know? Speaking of uh, ladies, did you feel like you had to self-teach how to, how to get a lady to like you? Self-teach how to get a lady to like me? Trying to say it in a nice way. Did you feel like you had game? Did you learn from your dad? Game? Yeah, like usually you ask your dad how you talk to a woman. How you, how do you ask a girl? Oh, out? you don't even want to know what my dad said. <laughs> Probably something no, similar to my dad, but no, no, it was an ugly situation. You know, oh, my first date with a girl, I come home, he's in the back, drunk, backyard, Castro Valley. Did you get any? What? I I went on my bike down to like Sherry's house. Yeah. What? What? <laughs> What? Yeah, I'm never talking to you about nothing yeah. ever. That's a sound. Ever. Why would you go out if you're not getting any? That's what he said. Oh, man. So I realized early, okay, I'm driving blind here too. Yes. Like, this is not going to go well. Yeah. And learned from culture. So made some boo-boos there, music, movies. This is how you do it. Dumbass friends. Totally. You know, guiding the way, dumb, 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 until I met my lady and realized I am so out of my league. Absolutely. And then drove blind through that. You know, and it's, it's just, that's where you need guys. That's where you need good guys. You need guys around you, reminding you, teaching you. And you need to, I love that relationship. Let's have lunch. What are you doing that I'm not doing? Humility. Like this is amazing how you're treating your lady and who she is and how she talks about you when you're not here. How'd you get there? Yeah. You know, and that's our only job, I think, as people without fathers is to remain teachable. Yes. Jay-Z said. Jay-Z. Oh, Jay-Z. Come well, on, I'm dropping the gold. There we go. Jay-Z. Not yeah, Jay-Z. Nah, problems, but uh, no, not that not one. Not Jay-Z. Jay-Z. Jay-Z, not Jay-Z. 
said, uh, we got the privilege of choosing who our dads would be that could mold us into the world changers we would become. His group, his network, his youth, his experience. I think it was yeah. in Chicago or... He grew up in New York. New York. So yeah. he and his friends had the smarts to say, I'm going to learn from that guy and I'm going to learn from that guy. Knowing I'm going to be a world changer, but yeah. I need to learn how to get there. That's that's powerful. Man. Powerful. That's a gift. Step ahead. Yeah. Sorry I asked about, the, about being a smooth talker. Yeah, that was stupid. I know. But I always wonder, I mean, there's certain things as a man without a dad where you go, how did you learn? How do you learn that stuff? How do you learn how to talk to a girl? You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. how do you learn that stuff? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I love you, James. It. I love you too. Thanks for coming. Thanks for being a great dad again. And, Thank you. And a great son. Your dad was blessed to have you. Thank you very much. And you are uh, putting an exclamation point on uh, the word legacy. You are reforming your family for generations is what you're doing. Yeah. The kids that these girls are going to have because of you, come on. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Honored to know you. Very blessed, very lucky. Yeah. Glad it's not the other way around. <laughs> and now we're going to hear from your wife and get the whole story. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> oh, no. Thanks, buddy. Hey, thanks a lot, Mark. Appreciate it. Peace. Peace.